There are so many ways the word market is thrown around in real estate and it can be quite confusing to those who don't do real estate every day. There's the market. Off market. Marketing. And on the market. I hope Zaley Reynolds can help us with giving us enough nows to get it right. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langeter. We welcome bright and bubbly Zaley Reynolds back to the hot seat today to tell us about all the different uses of the word market in real estate. Zaley owns boutique agency Shelter Real Estate in Glenaris, an Australasian real estate results awards finalist for Victorian Agent of the Year in 2017. Welcome, Zaley. Ah, hello, how are you? Thanks, Thanks for having for me back. back in. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No, good stuff. Um, I would love to know what the uh, Australian Real Estate Results Award finalist was all about. Yeah, so Australian Real Estate Results is a fantastic organisation which is run by a lovely guy called Michael Sheargold and he has a lot of independent agencies. So not your franchises but your independent agencies throughout Australia who uh, connect together, they share knowledge, share information, do training together uh, and um, really just try and become better real estate agents. Ah, Fair enough. Good stuff. And that was the award was based on your results? Yeah, the award was based on my results. um, And there were other finalists from across uh, Australia as well. And um, so I was a finalist in 2017 and I won in 2018. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Oh, lacking there. It's all good. It's all good. Good work. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Okay. So, what is the market when we're talking about market? When we're talking about real estate, when we're talking about real estate, yes, it's funny, you know. The uh, if I go to a dinner party or even if I'm just in the shopping centre, the first question you get from everyone is, "How's the market?" Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah. I think, what kind of market are you talking about? What is the market <laughs> exactly? So what you think it is? The people people say the market that the real estate market. They're talking about prices normally. They're talking about volume of houses that are available. Um, they're really talking about the sales side of the market most of selling? the time. Yeah. Um, uh, so that that's really what the the market is the the real estate market mm-hmm. within the greater real estate market people need to also realize there's very there's a lot of markets within that, isn't Absolutely. There? Like every suburb's its own market, really, isn't it? Every suburb's its own market, but also within suburbs, there's different markets. You know, in the area that I work in, the, um, the, the market for new homes or renovated homes is currently very different to land value homes. Mm. So, uh, or, or just land by itself, which is different, again, to the apartment market. So, mm. the apartment market in Melbourne, uh, uh, you know, on a whole, is very different to the rest of the real estate market. And so those markets can move quite differently. And then you've got the commercial market and the industrial market and yeah. all the rental market. So yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, you know, the media will say Melbourne is rising, but it it's uh, it's not entirely accurate, accurate really, is it? Yeah. Because there's, there's a variety so of many markets within that, that, you know, some markets going down, for instance, when everyone's, when people are saying, 
it's Melbourne's going, going up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a little bit deceiving. Really. It is quite deceiving. I think that the the best example of that is you know the outer versus the inner. So the outer suburbs quite often move very differently to the inner suburbs yeah. as well. So the, they can say the Melbourne market is rising, but rural suburbs or outer suburbs might be um, might be going down. So it, it can be very different depending on where you you're located. There you go. Definitely. At an auction, we hear the term on the market. What does this mean? So on the market means that we've hit the reserve price. So if you hear an auctioneer say it's on the market, we're selling, uh, they normally have a massive smile on their face and they're very excited because they know they're going to sell the property. So that's norm- normally happens when you hit the reserve. Well, it does happen when you hit the reserve. So the, the property is available for unreserved sale. Yeah. Okay. So off market is being is, is a term that's been thrown around in recent years. What does it mean? And is it the same as a private sale? Off-market tends to mean that the property is not being advertised. It is similar to a private sale, but normally the vendor is keen to keep the the sale of the property quiet for different reasons. There might be personal safety reasons. It might be that they just don't want the neighbours to know. Um, It can be very, very different reasons, but off-market normally means that there is not a whole lot of advertising happening for the property, whereas private sale, uh, the property can still be advertised quite widely in the paper, on the internet, uh, but the processes are very similar. So with an off-market sale, you still have the same rules that apply to a private sale. So if you make an offer for the property and the property and the offer is accepted, you still have a cooling-off period. Mm. So the rules are the same. Okay. With an auction, you don't get a cooling-off period, is that right? So with an auction, if you purchase an auction three days before a publicly advertised auction, if you purchase a property, sorry, three days before a publicly advertised auction at the auction or three days within three business days after the advertised auction, then there's no calling off period. So you are liable to, if you change your mind, it's unfortunately too bad. You do need to proceed with that purchase. Yeah, Yeah. cool. Okay. So what are the benefits of selling your home off market? Well, the benefits are that you're not going to have lots of neighbours traipsing through your house. Mm -hmm. That can be a a good thing for people, but it can also be a a bad thing. Um, I tend to find that neighbours say really nice things about houses. They tend to say really nice things about the area. So sometimes they actually help me sell the benefits of of, um, buying a house to a buyer. Um, But that's one of the benefits. Um, You won't have open for inspections all of the time. So obviously the stress of preparing for an open for inspection can be overwhelming for some people and same with preparing for an auction. So you don't have the stress of having to, to do that. Yeah. What do you what do you see the negative implications are of of off market doing off market? Well, obviously you're not opening up the sale of the property to the widest possible market. So a lot of agents will say, yes, we've got lots of buyers, we've got a big database, and any good agent will have a good-sized database and lots of buyers, but no agent can know all of the buyers. That is absolutely impossible. There's always new buyers coming into the marketplace every day looking for property, and so if the property is not advertised, you could potentially be missing out on a good buyer. Yeah, or the, yeah, the buyer. Or the, yeah, yeah, the want. buyer. Sometimes it absolutely may take a while because they can take a while the off markets, but they can also happen really quick. They can take a while, yes. So you do need to be prepared to to kind of be patient uh, and also make a call. So I normally recommend to my vendors that we have the property available off market for you know 
two to four weeks, somewhere somewhere within that range. Try to put a timeline on it. Put a timeline on it because by the end of four weeks, normally myself as an agent and my team have utilised all of our resources. So if we haven't sold the property within the four weeks to one of our people in our database, then we need to sit down with the vendor and come up with plan B. Now, that we may not have sold the property uh, in that four weeks for various reasons. We might have the right buyer, but the buyer's not quite ready to buy. So they haven't organised their finances. They don't feel comfortable with the off-market process. A lot of buyers feel sometimes that it's not a transparent process, so they feel like they're not getting the transparency of an auction. Yeah. Um, it could be other reasons, like it could be a unique property that does need to go to the market mm. to, to, to find a different type of buyer, um, or the vendor could be priced too high. Mm. That tends to be the case with a lot of off-markets. Uh, a lot of off-markets are normally when a vendor is unsure whether they're actually going to get the price that they want, and they mm. tend to be pr- tend to be priced a little high. But yeah. through our experiences, I know we hear vendors say, oh, if I don't get the price I want, I won't bother selling. And it's like, well, why are you going through the process? Mm. You obviously have some reason to want to sell. Um, and that could be because the market's doing really well and it's like, wait, I might get a really good price, mm. but they haven't really thought about some people, Afterwards. Yeah. Some people will just like to test the market. Yeah. They do. As an old boss of mine used to say, you can't be half pregnant. So, yeah. you know, if yeah. you're going to sell your house, you've got to give it your best shot. So, yeah. um, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm going to test whether I'm going to, you know, have a baby or not. Yeah. You've got to kind of go for it. So. And, that, and yeah, that's where... Yeah, kind of like... I'm, I'm not sure if that's that perception of people, that off-markets, are those people who are just testing it because they're not putting their money in mm. their pocket for advertising or... I know that's my kind of perception yeah, of the market. Like I think it's. I feel like it's weird that people do that sometimes. Like they're doing it so they can magically get like just a freak buyer almost mm, to yeah. give them a really high price. But you very you know, the rarely best chance gonna... of actually doing that is to yeah. do it properly. Correct. Like, yeah. yeah, you're very rarely <laughs> going to get a freak buyer without advertising the property. But yeah. I do understand I mean, if you like if you're a celebrity or something, and you don't want the world to go through your house or or you. You do have personal reasons. It could be a legal thing or something Correct. like that. I do understand all those sort of yeah, there's obviously reasons. circumstances. Um, yeah. But I think for the general public, mm-hmm. off market probably isn't the ideal thing to do if you want to sell your home. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. if you want to sell your home for the highest possible price. Yes, definitely. So when an agent talks about marketing, what does that mean to you? Well, marketing to me means putting the house out regardless of whether it's paid marketing or whether it's through a database uh, or through social media. There's many, many different types of marketing. To me, marketing means presenting the house in the best possible light. So um, taking the right photography, taking really good quality, high quality images of the property, getting a really good description done, taking a, uh, getting a floor plan and then putting that out to buyers. Now that might be through email marketing, advertising in the paper, the internet, which we all know is really, really important, social media. It can be as easy as sending an email to buyers advocates. Um, there's many different types of marketing, but it is showing the house in its best possible light. Yeah. So would you expect to see an advertising schedule if, you know, you're in the marketing process? Because as you said, that there would, it, it's not necessarily just the advertising, it's 
things that can be done for free, like Absolutely. emails and things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's where you need to kind of question your agent when you are meeting with them to say, okay, what is the strategy? So there's obviously the paid strategy. So agents call that vendor paid marketing. So there's paid marketing, which includes listing on your you know website portals, whether that's realestate.com or domain or real estate view uh, and other print media uh, you know options. But then there is the unpaid marketing side of things that an agent really should do on your behalf. And that's contacting all the buyers advocates in the area, um, emailing their database, uh, putting it on their social media. Um, There is also paid social media. So there's unpaid social Mm. media and paid social media. So there's lots of different options. So it's really clear to make sure you have that process um, understood uh, and that the agent goes through it it with you clearly. What are your home and contents insurance implications when you sell your home off market versus having marketing? Uh, unfortunately, I think you'll need to check with your insurance uh, company in order to get the correct answer to this because my experience is that each insurance company has different policies and it really depends on your policy as to what you are and what you're not covered for. But I would say in my experience, most people are not covered for um people they invite into their home. So if something does go wrong, then in an whether it's at an open for inspection or in an off-market scenario, um, and I guess we're talking about um, things being stolen here, yeah. if people are invited guests, then you're unlikely to be covered. But I would highly recommend you check with your insurance company um, and just make sure you hide all your valuables or take them with you. So that's just a really simple way to, uh, to prevent that happening. Definitely. So when I worked in real estate back in the 90s, gosh, it seems like forever ago. I can see we're hit to Well, you still do now, really, but well, not, not for an agent. Not, not for an agent. Um, we used to say that 1% to 1.5% of the house value should be spent on marketing. Now we're in the 21st century mm-hmm. and marketing has changed with the dominance of the internet. How much money should we budget for marketing when selling our property? That's a really good question and a, and a really um, interesting question and it doesn't have a simple answer because unfortunately in today's day and age, the cost for marketing is different depending in the, depending on the suburb you live in. Yeah. So if you live in Turak, mm. the papers and the internet portals will charge you a higher price mm. for the same product as to whether you live in Berwick. Hmm. So I can't give you a hard and fast answer as to how much you yeah. should spend. You definitely don't need to spend 1.5% anymore. It's yeah. it's lower than that. I think if you're spending around 1% of the value of your property, that is more than adequate. It's really just important to make sure the, the mix of marketing is is right for your home and the agent should be able to, to steer you in the right direction. So, for example, a one-bedroom flat, the demographic of buyer for that is going to be first-home buyers or investors and it really should be an internet-based strategy. Mm. Yep. Whereas a, a townhouse across the road from a park with a double garage mm. is probably going to appeal to people who are downsizing from a larger house, um, depending on the suburb you're in, and those people might be... M- looking at the local paper or they might be um, dealing with buyer's advocates. So you really need to have an agent who knows your area well and can direct you in, in the right way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So Melina from Croydon wants to know if all agents have a database they can turn to, especially if they want to try and persuade me to 
sell it off market. So Melinda's problem is she's got an agent who she feels may have someone personal in mind for her house and is telling her that he has a database full of buyers who would be keen to see her property. Melinda's worried that the agent wants to sell it for a cheaper price mm. um, rather than offer it to the, the rest of the world. Mm. Yeah, so... Well, the best way to to avoid that really is to hit the market. Mm. So obviously if you do hit the market and you put it on the internet, then you are going to put it out to a a wider audience. Mm. Um, Obviously some agents do have ulterior motives. Mm. I would say 99% of agents are good people and Mm. will do the right thing. But if Melina feels that this particular agent uh, has got bad intentions, then sometimes you have to go with your gut. Mm. And it would be a good idea to get the house valued by a um, a valuer, a mm. professional valuer, or have another couple of agents in to give her a price, and then she'll have a broader view of the value of the property and be able to stand her ground with a, that particular agent. And the other thing is, agents have to sign a certain form, don't they, if they sell it to a personal friend or themselves, or yeah. So if, if an an agent has to declare to you if they have a relative or family member or close friend who will be making an offer on the house. So yeah. it makes it very hard for us as agents to buy houses, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, and if the if that is the case, um, then you're not required to pay a commission to that agent. So if oh. the agent has a brother um, who is make, making an offer on the house and you accept that offer, you actually aren't required under um, Section 51 to pay a, a commission. So it all comes down to whether they know or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at least that's a bit of ammunition she's got there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So she can choose, decide, yes, okay, that's fine, you can sell it to your friend, but I'm not paying you any commission. Exactly. Or I'd rather test the market. And Absolutely. See how it goes. There you go. You've always got that's choice. Important. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes you hear of properties that may have been on the market for months. When does a property become stale? A property becomes stale when nothing's happening with it. That's the that's the key. So a good agent, not every property is easy to sell. And so not every property is going to sell within, you know, a week or two weeks or even four or five weeks. Sometimes it takes longer to sell a property, particularly in coastal and, and rural areas. It can take months and months to sell a property. But a property goes sale, stale when it's, not, um, when it's not having any changes being made to it. So a, a good agent will always update the photography, change the photos around. If they're not getting inquiry, look at the description they have of the house and make some tweaks around that. Um, the price is also another um, lever that an agent can pull. And as a as an owner, you do need to be prepared if the property isn't selling. One of the reasons will be that the price is too high. Um, owners don't like to hear that from their, their agents, but it is a reality. Uh, so as long as the agent's being proactive, they're getting still getting buyers through and they're making changes, your property won't go stale, um, but you need to continue to continue to be proactive. So essentially, if you haven't seen a, no interest in, the, say, a couple of weeks, you'd sort of expect your agent to... Be making changes, making yeah, changes, yeah, absolutely. So every two weeks is probably the right time frame. So if you mm-hmm. haven't had a buyer through or you haven't had any new inquiry in, you know, in, in two weeks, mm-hmm. then changes need to be made. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Fair enough. Sorry, how do agents qualify buyers for an off-market sale? 
There's lots of questions that you can ask a buyer to qualify them for an off-market sale, but there's some key ones, and it really has to do around their capability and their readiness to buy. So have they got their finance organised? Okay, if they haven't got their finance organised, then they're not going to be ready to make an offer on your house. You want someone who's ready to make an offer on your house now because I can tell you with four children, I'm not cleaning that house to show someone through if they're not ready to make me an offer. So um, have they got their finance organised? Have they made offers on any other houses? Have they bid on any auctions recently? Have they sold the house they're currently living in? Um, How long have they been looking for? These are all really good questions for an agent to ask a buyer or for you to even ask your agent to make sure that they have highly qualified that buyer. Where are they moving from? Do they have children? Are there kids at the local school? So there's lots and lots of questions. What are their motivations, essentially? Exactly, exactly. Why are they moving? Mm. Mm. Yeah, Uh, that's important. Yeah, so I think we'll have a little break now and come back with Grant's Fun Facts, Answers, Quick Quiz. We're back with Grant's Fun Facts. The biggest slump in Melbourne's market on record was in 1989, when the average property price fall was 9.6%. Didn't quite make it last year, did it? No, but I feel like it came close. Yeah. Yeah, it did seem that way. Yeah. I think it depends on which area, but yeah. Tell me if this is right, Grant, but that figure was based on the whole of Melbourne, not just... Yeah, that's some yeah, Melbourne figure. Yeah. 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 Did you know that some photographers actually put virtual staging in their photographs when marketing real estate? So sometimes you may not realise when you're looking at the photos that the sofas, beds, books, cushions and all that kind of thing are strategically placed in the photo and may not be there when you get there. <laughs> the property... Yes. Tricks of the trade. You're not guilty of that, are you? Tricks of the trade. No, no, my agents don't do that ever. Don't they? No. The cheapest way to sell your house with the Herald Sun with an online ad and a one-column ad with 15 words in it online for 30 days is $77. Oh. So... 15 words doesn't get you very far. 15 words does not get you far. It reminds me, it's probably the online version of the old classifieds. Well, remember the classifieds back in the day? We had to call the ads in. Well, I was one of those classified girls. All right, number four. In 2018, 56,967 properties sold in metropolitan Melbourne with a median price of $740,000. This is down from... 61,000 sales in 2017, but the median price was up from uh, 721,000. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we had less sales in 2018, and the median price did rise a little bit, but then I think it must have yeah. hooked to the Come back term. Yeah. <laughs> in 2019, the start of 2019. So, yeah, but then we're gradually working our way back up. We're working our way up. Yeah, definitely. 2020 has definitely seen some changes already, hasn't it? 2020, the lucky year. Yeah. Okay, so now we're on to my little quick quiz. Okay, Zaley, ready for the next slide? I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay, what's your favourite Melbourne suburb? Glen Iris. Oh. I love the leafy suburb. It is very beautiful suburb. I went to school there. Oh, there you go. Mm. So, yes, we have nice 
leafy walk between Glenara Station and Renfrewley Crescent. Yes. Yes. So you can Corowa. Yes, I went to Corowa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what's <laughs> better, Flinders so. Street Station or uh, Southern Cross Station? Flinders Street. Yeah, definitely yeah. the history. The history. Southern yeah. Cross is so much easier, I do have to say, but I just love the look of Flinders Street. Yeah, Flinders Street's cool. Yeah. Who's your favourite Melbourne-based music act? Tones and I. I'll go with Tones and I after the ARIA Awards. Yeah, yeah she was pretty good, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 Okay, if life was an Olympic sport, what would you excel at? Pole vaulting. Pole vaulting? Pole vaulting. Yes. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's aim high, reach high. What yeah. was the... Um, Aussie pole vaulter. She was, I think she was Russian. Tas- oh, not no. I know who you're talking about, but the name escapes the blonde, me. Blonde girl? Yep. Yeah, yeah. She was good. And she was also. Or the redhead, Steve. Um, oh, yeah. Can't remember his last yeah, name now. Face. Yeah. yeah, but he grew up in Burwood. I remember that. Okay. Mm. Who was the last band or singer you saw live? Oh, the last singer I saw live was Bruno Mars when he came oh. to Melbourne, and the show was excellent. Yes. yes. Sounds yeah. good. Good boogie. Yeah. How far would you drive for a weekend away? Oh, I love driving, so I've been known to drive far. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the furthest I've dro- driven is Adelaide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good nine-hour stint to go to Adelaide for the weekend. I believe you uh, also drove from across the Nullarbor one day. I have. I've done that quite a few times, actually. Being from Perth, I've done the Nullarbor drive a few times. Yeah. So, yeah, it t- takes longer than a day. Drive, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half days or three? Yeah, about th- oh, three days if you do it slow. I did do it with my dad in shifts once, and we took 30 hours. So oh, that yeah. was the shortest stint I've ever done. Oh, well, at least it can there be done go. in 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> impressive. Who's your favourite Melbourne architect? I sold a Robin Boyd house once, and that was a very interesting house. So mm. I'll have to go with that. That's okay. That one. I can do that. Uh, do you think you could ever be a stand-up comedian? No. I don't think that I'd have stage fright, but I'm just not a funny person. Not a funny person. <laughs> <laughs> you made glass. <laughs> <brown. laughs> Hilarious. What's the one thing you have in your home that you can't live without? Tea. My tea cups. I love cu- a good cup of tea, a nice yeah. hot cup of tea. I could not live without my tea cups. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your favourite town in Victoria? My favourite town in Victoria, well, it, I know it's not really a town, it's a city, but Melbourne. I love the city. I'm a city person. Yeah. I love all the culture, the galleries, the food. So cool I city. do love the city. Yeah. It's a pretty cool city. Yeah. yeah. And Mildura is your other answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's from Mildura. Yes, he gets that in almost every podcast now. <laughs> It's a couple now. Yeah. Okay. Zaley, would you like to tell us about your blog? Yes. So if you're looking for extra marketing or advertising tips and what to really focus on when selling your home, head to my website, which is shelterrealestate.com.au. In the blog section, we've got a really good article there about what to look out for and a few pointers. Awesome. Perfect. Sounds like we should go there. Shelterrealestate.com.au. Thank you so much, Zaley, for giving our real estate right listeners some insights into the buzzword market and all its different meanings. 
Thank you very much for coming. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. a great me. podcast. So next week we will have REIV Vice President Adam Docking talking to us about how to read at Section 32. That little contract, that means you've bought the property. That's the scary one. <laughs> there are so many things to look out for in that contract. So we are looking forward to Adam coming in to tell us what we should be looking out for in a Section 32. So don't miss next week's episode. Real Estate Right is a real copyright and We Shoot Buildings production. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Audio Stock for sound effects and Premium Beat for our theme music. Like us on Facebook, Instagram or subscribe on your favourite podcast service. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. <laughs>